Hello and welcome back. It's me, Alex Coons, your host of Pie to Pie. And we got a very exciting one as always. This one's a little different. We got Jeffrey Barris of Hail Mary Pizza, once owned by revered chef David Wilcox. Jeffrey actually purchased this restaurant off of David in 2022. We talked about the acquisition, how long Jeffrey had been thinking about becoming a pizza shop owner, and how long he had to shop around and finding the deal of maybe a lifetime. Hail Mary has been around since 2019, cooking some of the best pies around. We asked Jeffrey what's changed, what stayed the same, and how he sees Hail Mary moving on into the future. Jeffrey comes from a finance background, so we get into a little numbers. I enjoyed our conversation. I know y'all will too. People of the internet, Jeff Barris of Hail Mary Pizza at Water Village forever. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back, pie to pie. It is a beautiful day in Los Angeles. We're here in Atwater at Hail Mary Pizza. Jeff, dude, thank you for doing this. I know uh, time is not always on our side, and uh, let's get into it. All right, let's All right. do it. So what attracted you to pizza, and who ultimately taught you how to make it? Pizza, I think, as a kid, I think most people, most people's first love is for food is for pizza, and that just never really went away from me. Uh, I started making pizza when I was in college at UCSD back in the early 90s, late 80s. Just some roommates that wanted to look up a dough recipe and we kind of put one together and just tried it out and been refining it ever since. I pretty much make a Neapolitan style, you know, zero flour, double zero flour dough. Um, so it was very attract. This place is very attractive to me since it does sourdough that was something I wanted to learn about. So like we were talking off camera, I was searching Loreb high and low on, you know, the acquisition of uh, this place. Mm -hmm. You had, you had been looking to buy a pizza place. You come from a finance background mm -hmm. uh, and you found yourself here talking to David about taking over Hill Mary. Correct. How, how long was that journey just to find the, the pizzeria that ticked all the boxes for you? Um, I started that probably in, I want to say October of 21. Uh, I looked at maybe 25, 30 places between October and February 22. I came up here right around my birthday in February of 22. I found the ad online for this place. I, he didn't tell me what the name of it was, but based on some information in the ad, I could figure out what it was. So I did a lot of research on Hail Mary before I even came up. He even asked him if it was Hail Mary and he confirmed. But I came up, I met him. We talked long and hard about what he was looking for in a new owner. He was really specific. He didn't, the ad even said he, he was going to choose who he was selling to. He wanted somebody to continue the name and make sure that he kept the staff the same and no major changes so the customers would stay. And so maybe let's back up and maybe take me to like the journey of, of deciding to to be to to go full tilt on on buying a pizzeria because you know not, it, it's like not every day that somebody wakes up and says you know what I wanna I wanna I wanna purchase a pizzeria right um, well I was in the middle of a career change I had decided to leave finance and accounting and go into back to school back to what I originally studied at UCSD which was medicine. 
And I figured with COVID going on, I had a real calling to get back to that. And I was going to go back and get a master's in uh, entry level master's in nursing and had completed all the prerequisites over a couple of years to do that. And then I lost my father, had some, a windfall of money and decided that I still wanted to be a nurse, but I needed to set up some income because my savings was getting low after the two years of being in school. And I wanted to buy a business that I could kind of set to run itself. And then I could go finish my master's or another bachelor's degree in nursing and go work as a nurse somewhere close to the restaurant I was looking at. And uh, once I found this place, the reputation that it had, the prior owner had quite a reputation as a chef. I wanted the following it had. That and the great sourdough pizza that I had, I found this place started taking, doing everything I could to, to, to turn it, not to turn it around, but to, to increase the following, increase its brand. And I was just having too much fun. So I kind of decided to put the nursing thing on hold and just concentrate here and think about what I need to do to grow this place. I mean, it seems like a diamond in the rough to just, you know, somebody, you know, I got lucky. Yeah. Sure. I mean, like to be able to, to, to stumble on something like this, that's definitely like, well, in its prime, right? You know what I mean. Um, so, congrats to you. Thank you. Uh, and I th also think it's funny, you know, you're talking about like maybe like setting the restaurant up and like then just like that being income and being able to step away. N now, you know, being here and working here for a year, do you do you see that as a possibility? <sighs> no, because I, <laughs> I have too many plans. Yeah, too many plans. Uh, you know, hopefully in the next few years you start seeing little Hail Marys, even if it's just a ghost kitchen over in that area, eventually you want to be able to cover most of LA with concentric circles from either ghost kitchens or other locations, you know, until we slowly push south to San Diego. Like slowly to SD, you want to do it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's, that's a good 10 year plan. Let's go probably. there. Okay. So yeah. Do you, do you have a number of how many of these shops you would want and, and what that would look like, like neighborhoods um, that you would like to hit? You know, I'm always curious because I think as pizza owners, I think, and entrepreneurs mainly, mm -hmm. some people are okay with having one shop. I totally get it. An entrepreneur spirit is the more, 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 more. Absolutely. What's next? What's next? What's next? Mm -hmm. uh, when deciding or thinking about those situations, you know, is there a plan of attack or is it just kind of an idea in your head right now? I'm going to do it smart. I'm going to try to do most of my growth internally. So use the funds that we're saving from mm -hmm. this place and incrementally grow. So I think probably start with either a food truck so we can kind of go around the city, test areas of where demand might be, see if we need a brick and mortar in that location or a ghost kitchen, if that will cover the delivery and takeout for that area. Yeah. But I, I plan on doing it slow and incremental because people that grow too fast, there's too many balls in the air and there's too many ways to make mistakes. No doubt. And so I want to do it slow and proper and make sure I have my financial analysis that's going to tell me what the future cash flows based on these projections of, of my P&L. Yeah. So it's always going to be driven by data. That's data the way to make sure. Ego. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, shit. I would have they just rented the place next door. Yeah. The, I would have taken that place because I had first write a refusal on it, but I was like, no, it's a risk. It's too early. And I'm glad I didn't because we would be hurting right now, you know, with the strike effects, but 
Yeah, and for those of you that don't know, Los Angeles is 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 in the middle of a pretty big strike in the entertainment industry. And I think, uh, you know, we were talking off camera, you were talking your sales are down 40%. We actually just had, we've been open for a year and a half at Hot Tongue. We just had our our uh, our slowest month completely. Yep. The last two weeks actually were the scariest weeks we've actually had. I know the feeling, yeah. And yeah. so uh, it, it must feel good to know uh, you made the right decision there for right now. Yeah. Timing is everything, right? Timing is everything. I have to have, you know, the right funds, the right analysis, the right plan, and the, and a proper guess on what the expenses and you know profits of the or uh, revenue will be. So. Yeah. Well, we were talking about how you know how great it probably is having a finance background, being able to look at your numbers. When I talk to a lot of pizza restaurant owners, you know, they have a bookkeeper and they have their accountant, but I don't even know if a lot of them, you know, including myself really <laughs> understands what's going on with their numbers. You know what I right, mean? Because right. even stuff with like, yeah, do you, do you do third party here? Like Uber eats and, no, we just stuff. brought our delivery in-house. We did when we had owner.com as our website and yeah. app and all that. They used the third party and we did it through them, but we had no control over the third party when they would steal the food and not deliver it or yeah. with yeah. all kinds of problems. I had no recourse with them. So we took it in-house just on the weekends for now. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I was just going to say like with with some of those, there is commissions that have to be taken out and what's going in your POS oh, and yeah. your, all your accounting and shit can kind of get twisted up. But oh yeah, uh, yeah, not dealing with a third party would be great because like you said, sometimes the food doesn't get there. I still have a bookkeeper and accountant to do the taxes and to do the weekly invoicing and, and payroll and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, of course. But I take the information from them at each month then and I, that's what I take and analyze. Did you always want to be a pizza shop owner? No. No, I think from age five through maybe the first two years at US, UCSD, I wanted to be a surgeon. So I got to organic chemistry and I never studied so hard for something and only got like a C. And so I knew that I was taken out of the first three or four tiers of medical school. And so I thought about what else I might want to do and kind of wasted four or five more years at UCSD trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah. I didn't, so I kind of came out of it for a while and then went uh, into finance and account or accounting. Went to work for Deloitte & Touche for a few years. I really enjoyed that, and so I did not end up where I originally planned, but I kind of roll with the punch. This is my third time switching careers, so. I think that's great. Yeah. Everyone's so bad shit, uh, afraid of doing something new, you know? Yeah. Everyone marries that first thing that they choose usually. Yes. You know? But I do think this one will be till the end for me. Yeah. For sure. Until I retire. Yeah. 80 or whatever. 85. Or never when you are in the restaurant industry. Right. Yeah. Right. You we won't be able to quit. Uh, <laughs> so you're living above the restaurant, which I love. Yes. My, if I was living above my restaurant, I would love it. I don't think my wife would love it, but, uh, <laughs> How do you like maintain a, a work-life balance? I will say it's definitely blurred a little bit when you can just crawl upstairs when you need a nap. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of the dough requires a lot of early mornings. Um, and I try to help out our dough master on the busy days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, when we're shaping a lot. I'm all by myself on Sunday. 
But it's very easy just being right upstairs. I can come down when I have to take the mother out of the fridge at specific times. I mean, I would have to have somebody around here come and do it if I didn't live right upstairs. No, right that's, in, that's incredible. Yeah. Really. Being able to just like was, feed something and go back to sleep. Yes. Feed I mean, the starter. It was a big part of why I chose this place too. Not that there was anything close to second place, but it was a big part of the deal of taking this place was that I made sure I got the place above too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I don't know how many people would really want that space i mean is it is it like when it's banging in here can, can you oh, hear can everything yeah and feel the music i can feel on the floor yeah absolutely i can feel the ac that's on the roof for yeah. this place yeah if i haven't changed the filter it'll shake the whole all the walls so i know when to change the filter for sure. well that's good the, yeah. the walls talk to you yeah exactly um you're closed two days a week right for now, we're Monday opening. Tuesdays. We're opening Monday and Tuesday. Of starting again next week. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, perfect. That was going to be my next question. You think you'll ever open up seven days a week? Yeah, we 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 stopped it for a while. I thought maybe we could shift some of the sales from Monday Tuesday to Wednesday Thursday, and we'd save on some labor and save on some production. But that didn't happen. Yeah. And so that was when I finally figured out this is not related to anything we're doing here. This is related to the environment outside. Yeah. So. I figured uh, we'd use a few, like a month to do some renovations. We kind of, we sanded down all of our tables, all of our tops, we stained them, sealed them. Um, we put some more stuff on the walls, you know, getting the menu changed or uh, redone tomorrow. But we've been working on that on Mondays and Tuesdays for the last month. Yeah. This particular Tuesday, I say for you guys though. Well, I appreciate <laughs> that. I, like I said, you know, time is not always on our side. Uh, Atwater, rad neighborhood. I love it here. Not only is this in a rad spot, but this is like a cool in between Glendale, Los Feliz, Silver Lake. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this this strip. I've always loved, like, I've always loved Atwater. Is there is there anything that you do specifically, like outreach or you know, community hospitality or any of that? You know, we have a friends and you know neighbors kind of discount that we have. I don't know if we really advertise it too much i think when i first got here i was giving money away to every charity that was yeah coming. that was coming and i was you know it took me a few months to realize that's probably a little bit more than we can give <laughs> yeah so i learned that lesson i mean i was giving like 500 dollars to to everything yeah i thought we had a lot more cash flow than than it actually ended up being when i took over but uh i learned that lesson so now i, I do a little bit smaller i usually give out like 50 to 100 dollar gift certificates to, for them to raffle away but yeah. i do a lot of that for most of whoever asks yeah so i try to help that way i allow the community to hang whatever they want in our entryway here so yeah. you'll see a lot of usually there's a lot of things on that tile or on the glass but uh we participated in the halloween thing where the kids are walking down the street on Halloween. Yeah, there's like a Christmas lighting here too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well that was just right there. Right there so right? it didn't really affect us. But yeah, we were we were out there. We gave a I believe sure we're part of the raffle for that for sure. Do you have a lot of, a lot of regulars? I imagine there's gotta be a ton of regulars. I mean this place has been open since twenty nineteen. Twenty right? no as, as Hail Mary. On the twenty fourth would it be five years. Okay. So twenty seventeen or twenty 2018? 2018. 2018. Okay. August 24th, 2018 is when, okay. it, when it started. So, yeah, there's a lot of regulars. Absolutely. It's ones that, I, you know, I learned by name very quickly in the first few months. Yeah. You know, then you have your same takeout people that you see two or three times a week. You just recognize the name. They always get the same thing. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that, all those stuff. little things are always so important. Yes. Yeah. You have to engage with them to make them feel 
comfortable, wanted, you know? Yeah. Give them an experience every time they come. Are you in here uh, the five days a week? Uh, we'll be seven soon. Yeah. But yes, I think Sundays I have, right now I'm trying to keep labor lower. So I am out front as as an employee mm-hmm. Wednesday through Sunday. But Sunday, once I'm done with the dough in the morning, I do have three in the front. So I kind of relax more on Sundays. But Mondays, I'm going to be the only one out front. We're only going to open, I think we're going to move as many tables outside as we can and just leave the dining room closed on Monday, Tuesday. So I can just handle everything out front. Oh, nice. That's just a good do idea. two people on the yeah. line just to minimize, you know, labor. Yeah. Been open tw- since 2018. Hail Mary has been garnered many successes. There's a lot of articles. You're always on lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you plan on maintaining that? I think eventually when we can afford it, probably have a public relations firm constantly looking for those kinds of opportunities, either in print or online or even on TV. Um, we've been lucky enough to be asked to be on TV a couple of times. Uh, when Dine LA started the last, in April, May, in the spring Dine LA, KTLA came out here on a Sunday morning to do a live two, three minutes here talking about what we were offering for Dine LA. And then we just recorded a, a segment for LA Unscripted that should be out in the next, I don't know, couple of weeks. Oh, what's LA Unscripted? It's a, a KTLA show that comes on every night after the news. Okay. It's a lifestyle kind of, it showcases uh, LA businesses. Oh, awesome. Restaurants and yeah. stuff. So it's, it's uh, and then we were picked to do Destination LA season three, but it just costs too much money. I'd rather try to find freeways for... They charge you? They charge you because... And then the way they do it is to tell you that it's... You're going to own the rights from CBS because it's a CBS station. Yeah. It's a CBS program. Yeah. And it was just too oh, much for two minutes. It was just... What out- a crock of shit. Outrageous. It was. I was like... <laughs> it sounds like... And I some- lost a little bit of my deposit to back out. Oh, but- my God. That sounds like some pariah shit. They email you and they probably... Like, is in, And they offer... Probably, hey, oh, be gonna, on the next season and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to pitch it this oh night. I'm going to pitch it tonight. And then you make sure you, that you are good enough to their requirements or whatever. And then I'm sure it's all a scam. That's they, pretty dark. I mean, I've watched a show that there's, I'm sure it helps those businesses. Well, you, I mean, it better if you're paying for it. It's just, you know, there's no way to measure their ROI. So I was like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to do it. Okay. I'll look out for those guys. Yeah. So when you when you took over, has the team how much has changed? Has anything on the menu changed? Do you have plans to change? What do you what did you want to change? Uh, we tried some things out when I had our new uh, last executive chef. We tried some seafood dishes here at Hell Mary. We did a grilled calamari and a steamed mussels and wine sauce, and they sold okay. But I, like I said. Before I realized the strike was causing a lot of the sales to go down, I was thinking we were doing something wrong because sales were just week after week, just going way down. And so I thought we were making too many changes. So I'm trying to get back to our more original menu. We've added a few pies that we put on the menu and taken a few away when sales have gone way down on them. Most of them will bring back seasonally mm-hmm. just to see if they come back, but uh, haven't made many changes. I've added a few items. We've changed a few things um we did just recently change our sauce for the first time i made everybody do a blind test between our new kitchen manager's sauce and the old sauce that came with hail mary 
and it was unanimous. Everybody chose the new sauce. So I was like, and I was worried. I was worried that kind of change worries me a little bit. You know, the ones, the customers that really know us, yeah, they're going to notice. And that was the red sauce that changed. It was the red sauce. Okay. Yeah. So we haven't put it out yet. We just did that on Sunday. So I don't even know if we have any made yet, but I think this week we're going to, we're going to institute it. So did you change tomatoes or is it just the, no, the tomatoes okay. are still coming from Bianco Dinopoli. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, I think this year's crop is not as sweet as last year. Last year we took the sugar out and I think we need to put the sugar back in because the new recipe that we changed to had a little bit of brown sugar in it. So, yeah. um, yeah, the year before the, the crop was so sweet, we had to take the sugar out. It was just too sweet. Yeah. Um, but this year, so much rain, I don't, yeah, I don't think Who it's knows? as sweet. So. Mm -hmm. We're adding it back. I think I'm going to do another blind taste test with our old sauce with the sugar added versus the new one with sugar. So just to make sure everybody's still on the same page. And but it's cool that everyone's like involved. You know, you got your, you, your, yeah. Your, I mean, I trust, I trust the crew. Yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of turnover in the, in the crew. And I get that with, with David leaving, you know, he was a, a renowned chef and it's like the person that, took over for him he didn't have a mentor anymore so i didn't expect him to stay that long um but you know i think i really got a good crew in here now so i'm really excited about the future was, was that was that tough um kind of losing people at the beginning and then kind of like building back uh i didn't lose too many right away it took a few months so i really got my feet wet between when i was working here as an employee until some of these people left. Um, but they gave me enough time to, and they trained the people coming in. So the people coming in had a lot of experience. You know, I think I overhired a little bit. Yeah. Um, we probably couldn't afford that kind of level. Um, but that's my fault. You know, I hadn't started the financial analysis yet really to, to look at a full-time employee incremental cost on the business, you know? Yeah. So I'm doing that now. So I know exactly when we can kind of, incrementally move things up yeah you know, ramp it up yeah what is your biggest motivation every morning the drive for me is to grow this place and so if i look at it little by little it's first increasing sales here uh proving the model the cost structure that i have uh can make money i've already had franchise companies approach me uh, i don't want to look that way for many years because you know you lose a lot of your quality and your control that way but uh so i'm just thinking about what i need to do right now to increase sales so that i can add another location probably west of here slowly move west a little bit and then south as we continue to go that way yeah so what do i need to do every day for that end goal it changes so but that end goal is my main motivation got it to grow this place you said your oldest is working here with you, right? Yes. Yes. He's going to be 23 in a couple more months. Yeah. He's in uh, community college, kind of not sure what he wants to do. So what better place to have a job where he, how's that working with, uh, oh, he's with great. He's, he's a great employee. He's, you know, he, uh, he only works Friday, Saturday, Sunday until we open Mondays and Tuesdays. And I think he's going to add those two days also, but, uh, he seems to enjoy it. He gets along with everybody. Yeah. Originally, I think he wanted to look into pizza for himself and he was kind of mad at me when I 
took his idea a couple <laughs> years ago. Uh, but I said, you're going to have every opportunity to grow if you want to grow in here. Yeah. But I think he wants to do his own thing. He's one of those kids that if I take the idea away, he's going to, or if I say, yeah, you should do this, then he's going to no, go I'm find not. something yeah. else. Yeah. And that's fine. I respect that he wants to kind of do his own thing. But uh, for now, while he's in school, he's doing a great job working here. That's awesome. Is he cooking or doing everything? Or? Yeah, he works on the line. He usually works the ovens and finishing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man, that is a tight space. Pulling out pizzas right there. I know. Sometimes we have three people, one oven, one topping, and one stretch all in this little corner right here. Yeah, that's definitely a, a, a got to be a perfect dance. Oh, yeah. it's And it's hot. It's very hot right there. Yeah. Yeah. How do you personally <laughs> define success in the restaurant industry? Uh, happy customers. Yeah. I mean, yes, happy bottom line is nice. Um, but when I see the customers, they come in here and they really enjoy the food, the experience, the vibe that we put on here. Um, that's what makes me happy. That's what makes me smile. You know, so yeah. that helps all the other motivations stay in line. You know? Yeah. Well, I guess you need happy customers to have a happy business. So that starts makes sense. there. Yeah. Always starts there after you have your good product. And yeah. It starts with happy customers. Yeah. Can you explain to me what your perfect pizza is? Um, 14 inch, nice one inch rim of crust, maybe an inch high. I like it a little bit higher, perfectly flat. I personally like meat. So I would do probably a roni with fennel sausage on it, which is a new option we have on our roni. What do you, are you guys making your own sausage? We make our own, we yeah. make everything we make here in house. You're curing a uh, pepperoni in the back? Okay. <laughs> You're right. But we do have a special pepperoni made just for our business. Oh, okay. It's called Hail Mary Pepperoni. Holy shit. Used to be done by a Red Table Meat company until they went out of business. And then one of their friends, local meat companies, also in Minnesota, took over their shop and took over making their pepperoni. So we still have the same great pepperoni. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, so it's coming from Minnesota? It is. Damn. Lowry Hill Meats Company. Is your best-selling pizza pepperoni? Usually every week it's the roni. At least dollars-wise, it is a little bit more. But if, if you go by numbers, margarita or Beatrix can, can beat it. That's our cheese yeah. and our traditional margarita. Usually we sell more margaritas than anything else, but the dollars could be a little bit higher on the roni. Okay. But uh, sometimes the roni, depending on what we boost on Instagram, you know, yeah, what photos, you can see the little differences in, in how they do in that week based on what we are you advertise. Are you running your own Instagram? I, I run a lot of it, but no, the pictures are taken by a social media guy. He does the reels. Once, once a month, he comes in and takes a bunch of pictures on whatever we want to showcase. Okay. But all the other little in-between things, he does it every other day. I, I handle and I do the threads part too. Okay. I just started that. But Do you use any other marketing tools uh, outside of um, Instagram that have like proven um, to work or you see uh, success in? I just started lo uh, recently at the beginning of August with a an online sales and marketing firm that specializes in restaurants only. It's very expensive, but just in the first two weeks, I've already seen double the return on what it, the ad spend and and the service cost. So cost. it's working. So it's working just in the first couple of weeks. I think it's working. Um, yeah, like 170 new customers in the first two weeks. So I think that is what I've chosen to do to help replace some of the industry, local residential people that live in this area that are not going out as much. Yeah. Kind of holding on to their money. 
I'm trying to bring them in from other areas through this omni-channel kind of advertising online. Okay. Can you can you let us in on the, what is the, what that is? Yeah, it's uh, they basically they spend so much money a month on Google and Facebook and Instagram. Oh, so, they, so you give them a lump sum and then they kind of spread it it's out. It's a for certain you. amount Interesting. For, the, for the service, and then I give them an ad spend every month. Okay. And they split that ad spend between Google and Facebook and any on Yelp. Uh, I don't think they're spending on Yelp, but they do texting, emails. There's seven or six or seven different ways. That's okay. why they call it omni-channel uh, that they're marketing. And over time, they'll see which ones work. And that's Got how it. they know they can increase the numbers coming in. And when you see the Google Analytics, it'll tell you how many people have actually been in the store. How many people. Yeah, because they, they, they track every, them with their cell phones. They it's track crazy. them with their cell phones. It's they track crazy. Them. If they spend money here, they can track them through Experian. Yeah. Whether there was a credit card yeah. swipe. Yeah, it's a little scary. It is a little bit, but, but it does help. Awesome. It helps the business yeah. person really know that, that that it's working. So, I'm curious to see what that does in three months. But uh, I'm hoping that'll kind of fill the gap and provide uh, the extra cash we need to grow. So. All right, very cool. The let's give some advice since since you are the first person I've ever met who has in, invested and took over a pizzeria. Say somebody wants to do what you did and. I mean, we got to chop some of this up to luck getting such a, a great spot. But what, what advice would you have in like finding something like this or like or getting exactly what you want out of some kind of deal like that? I think you have to determine how much revenue you're expecting the company to make each year. So you want to look at least at their revenue for two or three the past two or three years and see how they responded in the environmental factors that may happen. How did it go up and down during COVID? Um, once you've got a slew of restaurants that are in the financial categories of what, what you're looking for for sales, then you have to determine what their reputation, their brand is, how good is the food? Is it something that you can grow easily or not? Can you add this and that, make little changes? Is it undervalued? I looked for places that were undervalued. Um, I got very lucky. This place wasn't that undervalued, but the fact that the lease is a good deal because I still have five years left on it. It's way less than it should be here in Atwater. Um, so you got to look at all of those things, the assets you're taking over. I know most people don't think of it as a financial kind of thing to look at, but that was most of my analysis. Then once I saw the financial side was fine, I came and took a look at the place. I think this place I looked at at first because I already knew it had a great reputation. Mm -hmm. So, and I knew what he was saying the revenue was. So once he proved that to me in the first meeting, then yeah. So you got to look at it from many different avenues. Um, not just location. I mean, location is also extremely important. Of course. But that can also be implied a lot by sales. You can imply a lot by looking at how good their sales are. Because sales can over, if the sales are good enough, then location is probably a big factor of it. But if it isn't, then how good the place is says that it's better than the location. So people will still come here. Yeah. So for me, the sales was a big driving factor, how good the pizza was and it's the reputation. Was it important going into this idea of, of, of taking over a pizza shop? 
in your mind, was it like, I want to get a one that's successful, that the numbers are good? Did you look at places that were kind of like, oh, this is a good deal. I could make this my own. Did you want to start your own brand? Initially, I did want to start my own brand. I had a good dough. I had a good sauce. Um, that was the plan at probably the first three or four months I was looking. But then I found a couple good places down in San Diego. One of them relied on the water. Uh, the finances weren't, didn't end up being there. The lease was really high, but, uh, that made me start looking at not just the finances, but the reputation, which I think is very important when you want to grow in a big city, does it already have a reputation across the city, even though it's in this one small area. Yeah. So that because became more important. There's a certain amount of value just in that, you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Because opening something from the ground up and then you know, it's years eating to build. shit for two years, even yes. if you're the greatest, greatest pizza and you've gotten all this publications, people still don't know who the fuck you are. Exactly. So, I mean, it, is, does that kind of thing get baked into a price though? I think it was part of it. You know, when you're figuring out the value of the assets, a lot of that, and when we do your purchase price allocation, you're allocating the price to the different elements of the purchase. Um, yeah. The bigger part went to the brand reputation. It was part of the goodwill yeah. of the business than anywhere else I would have looked at. The goodwill was a bigger portion. For you opening up another location, would you would you do a full build out or would you be looking at second generation restaurants? Oh, uh, yeah. I think a full build out would be something once we've established that the concept can be taken into a new brick and mortar and repeated even though I think I would choose a much bigger location, the next one, I would think we'll probably go ghost kitchen wise to get the reputation out across the city, make sure that demands in that area, ghost kitchen wise. And then when that contract's out, maybe we look for a location in that area. Interesting. So I plan on using the data from setting up little ghost kitchens across the city to, to determine where the first brick and mortar next one should go. Okay. Maybe you have some advice, maybe you don't on this, but for somebody who wants to sell their pizzeria, okay, uh, what would you recommend they know to be able to like have a solid numbers on that on that price? Like you, you know, it's just because you did two million dollars in sales doesn't mean your business Maybe. is yeah, worth yeah. two million dollars, right? Oh no, no, they. I think it's the way I would look at it. It's more about seller's discretionary earnings. So that it would be a factor of that if I was selling it. Um, let's say the business earns 150000 to the owner. I might take a number two, two and a half times that. And that's probably something I would value the business at. Uh, it also depends on the number of assets, how new they are. Mm -hmm. Are any of those assets still on the books? Are they all fully depreciated? Um, that's all part of it. And your lease. I mean, when is the lease? You have another option. It's all things to think about. You know? Yeah. What do you think is a good startup estimate for, or like having a build out? Yeah. I mean, where you tell me where, cause it, it is probably the biggest variable as well. Well, I mean, I would say just the build out cost, maybe any, any neighborhood Not thinking yeah. of rent or lease. Oh yeah. Let's, let's take, let's take the lease out. Because that's going to differ from Glendale yeah. to Silver Lake. Silver I would Lake say to a, Los Feliz. a place where you want maybe 2,000 square feet of dining or 1,500, 1,800 square feet of dining room. 
I would say probably four hundred to five hundred thousand. Yeah. Full Just build out, you think? Full build out. Yeah, okay. You can go frugal and buy a lot of used stuff, like you know, yeah. people do that too. You can save probably hundred thousand maybe that way. Yeah, I mean, I just had this conversation yesterday that it really depends on like kind of what you're looking for. And I made the joke that I spent sixty thousand dollars on a on a countertop. You know, it, the actual number wasn't sixty k, but it was it was way overpriced. You know what I mean? There's ways. Yeah, yeah. There's ways to 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 cut that number down depending on what where, you're looking for. Where are you guys located? We're not too far away. We're across the bridge and down Glendale Boulevard. We're like uh, maybe a mile away from you and you're open seven days a week no we're closed on tuesdays i made this okay. time for you okay okay <laughs> uh but we're, we we come by soon. we too are you know what you talked about you know deciding to close mondays and tuesdays and thinking oh maybe that's going to ramp up sales on these other days we we felt that kind of at the beginning it was like oh there was kind of an uptick on a mm. monday and a wednesday but it's just fallen off and then like like, you know, you got to do some numbers and, and check that data. And what we saw is that me and my wife closing on a Tuesday, even if we only made a minimum amount mm. of money, we're, we're still losing money being closed. So Exactly why. Part of the reason I was thinking, like I told you before, was they would move the sales to later on down the week. But when I saw that it wasn't happening, I was like, okay, we're just going to do renovations and then we're going to open it up again because yeah. we need that revenue. And I think it's really smart what you talked about doing where where you kind of close the dining room off on those days and just kind oh, of have it. The way you do it by front. myself. Yeah. 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 Save all that labor. Yeah. We'll just have two people on the clock. I'm not even going to do a dishwasher. I'm going to do dishes the next day myself. Yeah. Just close down, <laughs> do some dishes, turn on some music, just a couple hours, get some exactly. wine, exactly. then walk upstairs. Oh, I don't know. And, this is like seven in the morning. So a little oh, early yeah. for it's wine. A little morning wine. Come on, dude. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. All right. Is there a failure in your career that you can share that taught you something or helped you grow? This doesn't have to be in the restaurant realm. This could be anything. Uh, when I had dropped out of UCSD before I graduated, in essence, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I smoked a lot of pot back then, you know, and just I just kept dropping classes. Not that I did poorly. I think by the time I'd been there six years, I was still only a junior. And I came in, here's Damn the funny thing, is I came here. in with so much AP that I was a sophomore after my first quarter at UCSD. So I was a sophomore to junior for the whole six years I was there. So I partied quite a bit, you know, was out of school, had just left a job on campus at UCSD because I dropped out for good. I was working at the UCSD faculty club um, in food service. And I went to try to sell life insurance for a little while. Was that dark? Oh God, it was, it was brutal. I was a people person enough to do it, but it was the market I was aiming at were unions and labor and uh, credit unions. And it's like, these people were making at the time when I was doing this, this was mid nineties, you know, they're making eight, nine bucks an hour. And here I am trying to sell them on a 40, $50 a month policy. And, and so I hated, it. I was terrible at it. Just terrible. Even though everybody seemed to like me and I, I just, I just couldn't stay motivated to, it was a six day a week job. It was two days on the phone and four days in the field. Yikes. I was terrible at it. Terrible. Auditing too. I was not the best auditor when I worked for Deloitte and Touche. It's you either love that or you hate it. And I hated it. So you just got out. I did two busy seasons, you know, busy seasons. You're working 70 hours a week. Yeah. Um, and I got out. Yeah. I actually went to management consulting for 
few years and then went back to uh, accounting and finance. Being kind of newer into, you know, being a professional pizza person, is there a book or books or a mentor that you had? I mean, David is probably, he probably helped in your journey just get, getting getting the tools and then you, you know, the, the staff that was trained. But is there anything that like you nerded out on or that's helped you in your journey? I wouldn't say anything specific like to restaurants or it's more specific to, to, to business. And believe it or not, I still have all my textbooks. I'm one of those guys that no matter how much they cost, I still kept all my books and I keep all my finance and, and accounting type stuff. I'm regularly looking at it. Um, but as far as have I read anything in the last year that was strictly to help me with this? No, most of my books have been about poker that I've been reading. Okay. I don't have as much time to read and I like to play poker. This is the first year I didn't get to play in the world series. So I was too busy here. Um, but usually a lot of my free time is, is reading on poker strategy and math around poker. Interesting. Well, running a restaurant is a lot like gambling. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I saved the most important question for last. Okay. What is the greatest band or musician of all time and why? That is a tough one. God has changed so much over the years. I would say probably the one thing that is probably laid the most consistent. I would say probably the, the black keys, probably okay. my favorite band. All right. Um, the last 10, 15 years, probably I even gone back to before they were big and their previous albums before they got bigger, even better. I don't, I forget the guy's name. Um, it's just a two-man band. Yeah. They just rock. They rip. It's a wonderful answer. All right. Where do we go to get in contact with you? Um, you can find us. I mean, you can just do a Google search, Hail Mary Pizza. You can order directly from there. Or uh, we're on Instagram, at Hail Mary Pizza. We're on Facebook, Hail Mary Pizza, Atwater Village. Uh, there is another Facebook that I had set up, but I found out that I don't own it. Oh, shit. Okay. So I had to, when I added this sales and marketing company, I had to create another one that I had ownership of and the other company won't take it down. It's one of those. It was, Bizarre. it was a dispute I had with them, but uh, this is the way they can get me. But um, if you're out there, go on Facebook and start trolling that page for Jeff. <laughs> yeah, let's see where else. Um, you should see our ads online, too. Wonderful. Well, I'll look out for those. Uh also, just to piggyback on that, what are you uh, you doing mostly dining? Do you do uh, a fair amount of takeout? We used to be a little bit more takeout, but it's been slowly shifting. We're probably 50-50 right now. People are coming back. 20% delivery, um, about 50, 49% online versus 51% here. Yeah, and alcohol sales are good? Yeah, we do. We, I think we should do more. I think yeah. we should be doing more like 20, 25%. But right now we're doing about... 11, 12%, which is higher than we used to. A lot so. of people stopped drinking. I know. I think everyone got so fucked up during the, the pandemic. I know. <laughs> Everyone's just became alcoholics. I they think it's one of those. Swear that shit off. I think it's one of the luxuries that with the recession and strike going on, people are just not drinking as much. Yeah. When they go out. All right, dude. Thank you for your time. Oh, of course. I really it was appreciate fun. this. It was fun. Hopefully I did a good job. Dude, I think you killed it. Thank you so much, dude. All right.